It's something for nothing, Jer. We are back with the Rush Fancast. Welcome. I'm going to welcome you again. I know you don't like being welcomed. No, I, I but do I'm going like to welcome, welcome you. Thank you very much. You can follow us on Twitter at Rush Fancast, Instagram the Rushcast, email the Rushcast at gmail.com. Jerry has been getting so many emails. He just said to me, I want more. I do. I want more emails, even though I can't answer them all. I do. Yeah. I want more. I do. Yeah. It's great. It and is. We love the feedback. We love hearing from you. If we don't get back to you right away, please bear with us. We're inundated, which is great. It is. I love it. Rate us on your favorite podcast app. Tell a friend about the Rush Fancast. We appreciate that. And we appreciate the uh, bass intro today being done by our pal Lex, who always does a great job. He does. We love Lex. Oh, Lex sent me something. Well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna just veer off on a tangent. Here. Oh, nice. Yeah, Lex sent me a text today. It was a cool thing he found on Reddit, and it was a list of all of the Rush albums and the ages Rush were when they recorded those albums. Interesting. And just seeing that in print was just crazy to me. I don't know why, but just do you know how old Getty, Alex, and Neil were when they recorded Moving Pictures? Now, Neil's a year older, or was a year older than Getty and Alex. 27. 27. How crazy is that? Yep. How crazy is that? They weren't even close to, the, well, they were close to 30, but not really. Yeah. When movie pictures came out. <laughs> how crazy is that? That is insane. So thank you, Lex, for sending me that. It just really blew my mind today, and I figured I'd share that with our audience. Yeah, that's great little exercise, write down all the albums and how old the guys were when they recorded the albums, and you'll just be blown away. Let's go backwards. Go backwards? 2112. 2112? You want to know how old they were? That was four years before, five years before. Yeah. So they must have been 22 or 23. 22. Getty and Alex were 22, Neil was 23. And even the later albums, like Hold Your Fire, 33. Yeah. They were young. (laughs) They were young. When Hold Your Fire came out, they were young. When That's Hold Your crazy. Fire came out, I was 17, so I, they weren't even double. Right. They weren't that much older than us. They're no, they're about 16, seven. They're yeah. about 16, 17 years older than us. We're old, Jer. They're yeah. old, but so are we. Yeah. But, I mean, they seemed like- They seemed so well, much older. Well, when you're, you know, when yeah, you're when 16, you're, 17, someone who's 33 seems old. Yeah, that's true. Now someone who's 33 seems young. Right. Like we're saying. They were so young. <laughs> That's because we're so old. <laughs> That's what it is. All right, Jer. Yes. Speaking of Presto, Twitter polls. We did a uh, Presto Twitter poll. Why did I say speaking of Presto? We didn't speak of Presto. You didn't. I wasn't going to correct you. <laughs> Take it out and post. Uh, anyway, uh, no, I'm going to leave it in. Show show that I'm not perfect. That you're human. I you're think I've been. Sh- I think I've been showing that for over 20 podcasts now that I'm Flesh not perfect. Flesh and blood, a man. Yes. Favorite song on side one of Presto okay. for our Twitter listeners. Show Don't Tell, Chain Lightning, The Pass, War Paint, Scars, or Presto. Mm. Now, keep in mind, on Twitter, you can only give four choices. Oh, So, so I did not give Scars or Presto as a choice. So I'll narrow it down for you right there. Okay. The Pass. Yes. You got it right again. That's two in a row for you, Jer. People love The Pass. 52%. Went with the pass, and people do love the pass. You know what came in second? The second choice? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, show don't tell. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. 
Uh, Chain Lightning and Warp Paint each got 6 and 9% respectively. Because I didn't give Scars and Presto as a choice. They each got a couple of votes, but mm. did not do well in the poll for that reason. Right. Side two of Presto, Jer. Okay. Your choices. Superconductor. Anagram. Hand over fist. Available light. Red Tide I did not give as a choice. Under the assumption it would not win. <laughs> that was just my assumption. I I'm, could be wrong. I'm just going with my favorite, Anagram. No. I know. Uh, now, if you remember, on the Presto podcast, I said, spoiler alert, I know who's going to win before we even post the poll. And I said Available Light would win. Why? Because people love Available Light. Rush fans love Available Light. Yeah, I mean, it's a great song. It is a great song, and it did win. Oh, okay. 39%. Superconductor, though, was very strong in the poll. 32%. People are polarized on Superconductor, though. Is that a joke? Is that a, you, is that a no, pun? No, no, no. It's not a pun. I mean, really. <laughs> people either love Superconductor or don't like Superconductor. I remember seeing a bunch of comments. Oh, I hate that song. Don't like no. Superconductor. Hey. But polarizing. Yeah, polarizing. See what I did there? I, yeah. See what I did there? I know. It's good. All right. That's our Twitter polls for today, Jer. Okay. Before we get into side two of Roll the Bones, shall we discuss Hugh Symes' cover art? Yes. I Maybe, like the cover. Yeah? Yeah, I do. It's cool. The name of the band spelled out in dice. Yeah. And the kid kicking a skull. Yeah. He looks kind of bored. Just walking down the street against a wall of dice, kicking a skull like one does. <laughs> Speaking of age, how how old do you think that kid is now? How old? Oh, how old is he now? <laughs> I'm going to say 30. he was probably like 10 when this picture was taken. Yeah. It, it reminds me, uh, do you, you ever play Kick the Can? I've can. heard of Kick the Can. I don't think I ever kicked a can. Well, I've kicked a can. I've never played Kick the Can. <laughs> it was never a game in my life. That's kind of, this is what it reminds me of. He's playing Kick the Can with a skull. Okay. That's Although, probably it. If I remember Kick the Can, the idea was to, someone was defending the can and everyone else had to hide and somehow get to the can and kick it. So was that the object of Kick the Can? I think so. And how, how often did you play this as, as a young tyke? Oh, a lot. Oh really? Yeah, you know, I, you know, the dead end I grew up on. It was great for playing games in the street. And you played kick the can. Cards never came down the street. That is true. And we would just play. You know, when it got dark, it was nice to play kick the can. All right, cool. Wow, that was a, that so, was a total. <laughs> so let's kick the can down the road, Jer, and nice. uh, move on nice. to track six on Roll the Bones. It is the big wheel. Yeah. Jared, do you love side two as much as you love side one of Roll the Bones? Um, I like, yeah, I do like side two more than I like side one. Really? Yeah. See, yeah. 
I like side one more than I like side two. How about that? Yin and yang. Yin and yang. I do like this song, though. Yeah. Do you know why I like this song? Why is that? Because it's about atheism. Ah. (laughs) That's why I love this song. I see where you're going here. That's why I like it. Yeah. And it's just a catchy song. It's a a good song. Yeah. But Go ahead. um, When it first comes in and the lyrics first come in, it reminds me of a Joe Jackson song. Really? And I cannot, for the life of me, figure out what song it is. Every time that the music starts, not the, you know, the very beginning, but when like the, the main riff starts. Okay. The, you mean the riff, not the lyrics? Well, the riff that leads into the lyrics in the first couple of lines. When, uh, well, I was only a kid. Yeah. I'm telling it, it's a Joe Jackson song in my head. And I went through, I listened to the, the beginnings of so many Joe Jackson songs that I thought it was going to be, and I couldn't find it. Huh. It's driving me in. Same. Well, maybe one of our listeners who's also a Joe Jackson fan can enlighten us. Yeah, it's I possible. hope so. Please. It's very possible. Please help me. <laughs> I'm going to disappoint you before you even get into the lyrics. Neil says this song seems to be autobiographical, but it is not. Oh, okay. So if you think this song is about Neil, you are incorrect. Well, I always think it's about Neil. <laughs> what is it about? What are you saying? Well, let me see. Let's check it out. Yeah. Uh, the Big Wheel is a good example on this album where it seems to be autobiographical, but it's really not. It's where I've looked for a universal of that trade-off between innocence and experience. And that song certainly addresses that. Not in the circumstances of my own life so much, or if it is, it's not important that it be autobiographical. That's just by the by, really. Very much, I want to find universal things that others can relate to. And that's a thing that's part of everyone's life. So I think that's probably one reason why I'm drawn to it. And then so much of it is drawn from observing people around me, too. So that becomes a factor in it too, how they responded to life and how they take to it, how they adapt to that innocence and experience thing. Okay. So I think it's about atheism. <laughs> <laughs> how so? Uh, well, the one line, uh, I place no trust in a faith that was ready made, take no chances on paradise delayed. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Sure. That's that line is about atheism for sure. Yeah, but there are a lot of lines and a lot of Rush songs that show Neil's atheism. Yeah, he doesn't, but I don't think he drops them in just to be like, "Yo, I'm an atheist." Right? No, there's a reason for it. Yeah, so I think I just thought it had something to do with with uh, the rest of the song. You know? Yeah. Wheel goes round, landing on a twist of faith, taking your chances, you'll have the right answers, which okay. is you know something to think about. Like, is your religion actually true? Right. It's a good question. Well, and he thinks about that a lot. He does. He does. I think about it a lot too, unfortunately. When the judgment begins, wheel goes round, landing on a leap of fate. Life redirected in ways unexpected. Sometimes the odd number wins. Interestingly, I saw an interview recently because Neil passed not so long ago, of Mm -hmm. course. It was, I forget where I saw the interview, but anyway, Neil mentioned that he studied all religions. Okay. O- over the course of his life, just because he was curious sure. and wanted to take possibly pieces of all these religions and, and use them for his own life. Sure. Uh, He's he, going to make a, a faith that was not ready-made. He's going to make his own. Right. He didn't just decide to be faithless. Right. He actually did his homework. Right. And checked out every religion to see if it was something that he was interested in. Yeah. And he said something interesting to me. He said he didn't need fear of punishment or a reward in order to be a good person. Yeah. So not fear of punishment, doesn't need a carrot, 
to right. be a good person. Yeah. And as he said in Faithless, he's has his own moral compass to steer by. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that reminds me of a, a quote by Albert Einstein. Okay. Uh, he said, if people are good only because they fear punishment and hope for reward, then we are a sorry lot indeed. That's exactly what Neil thinks. Yep. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, musically, the song The Big Wheel, I think it's I think it's really good, and it's one of those songs that sticks in your head. It is. I, I like Alex's guitar work, especially on the second verse. He switches it up a little bit, but there's no solo. Yeah. No solo. No solo. But Neil's drums, again, on this whole album are great. Just a master class by yeah. Neil on this album, drumming. Yeah. And this is before he reinvented himself. Yeah. Did he need to reinvent himself? Two Neils. Two Neils. The before Neil and the after Neil were both great. Right. We talked about this briefly off the podcast about watching Neil's work in progress video that's on YouTube. Yeah. And just, I was going down the Neil rabbit hole on YouTube the other day and watching a work in progress. It was about test for echo. Yeah. And just amazing how he, how he just changed his whole style of drumming. Right. Um, maybe what is it? Four or five years after this album came out, Mm. just crazy. Yeah. It's a great video. And I just don't know. Now you're, you're taking up the drums, right? I am. Yeah. And I'm watching this video and I'm thinking this is supposed to be an instructional video. How the heck is anybody supposed to do any of this stuff? Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's no way. It's more of an inspirational video. Yeah. It's an instructional video. I mean, I think, did, do you think Neil meant it to be an instructional video though? I mean, you could take certain things away from it about approaches. Yeah. But as far as watching him play and then being able to do it. No. I don't think it's possible. No. Not for an amateur, that's for sure. You'd have to be a really accomplished drummer to watch this and say, oh, wow, let me try that. Right. right? I mean, you know, I mean, uh, he's maybe it's just to inspire. I was inspired. Yeah. I can't play the drums at all, but I was inspired for sure. Yeah. It was, it was a good video. I liked it. Yeah. So anything else on the big wheel, Jer, before we move on to track seven? Uh, no. I just want to know what Joe Jackson's song that is. Okay. So anybody can well, if, if anybody knows a Joe Jackson song that sounds similar to The Big Wheel, uh, shoot Jerry an email. Yeah. Or uh, tweet at us or Instagram us, whatever they call that. Yeah, DM. All right, track seven on Roll the Bones is Heresy. So, Jerry, we asked way, way back when. We did. When we did the Power Windows podcast. I think it was, um, might have been episode two. Okay. The Something for Nothing podcast. We asked if there are any other historical songs other than Manhattan Project. Sure. And yes. I think this qualifies. I a couple th- of our listeners did mention this. I think it does. Way back when. And I think it does. It does. Inspired by 
the events of the fall of communism, correct? Yeah. I think the reason why I didn't think about it is because it isn't as direct as the other songs. Right. It's not as obvious. It's not as obvious. But yeah, it definitely is. For sure. Yeah. I went down the rabbit hole and I learned something that I didn't know, which is not unusual. It's very, I was going to say, there's not much you don't know, oh, is there, not, Jared? That's not true. <laughs> we'll talk about the song, but when you think of the Berlin Wall, right? Where, what is the Berlin Wall? It's a wall that was in the middle of uh, Germany. Right. Dividing East and West Germany. Right. Yes. I didn't realize, I mean, that's what I think. It's just, it's a wall between the, East and West Germany. That's true, right? Uh, East and West Berlin, I mean. Berlin, yeah. It's, well, it, the weird thing is, is that it wasn't around East Berlin. It was around West Berlin. West Completely Ber- surrounding West Berlin? Yes. Now, I didn't know that. Right. So West Berlin is a democratic city. Okay. Completely surrounded by a wall. By, by Soviet, Soviet country. Okay. Right. West Germany. Right. So there's the east side of Germany. After the war, they broke up, you know, mm-hmm. territories and stuff like that. The east side of Berlin stayed under Soviet control. West side of the city of Berlin stayed under Allied control. Okay. And over time, the people could go in and out of the city basically at will. But as the Soviet Union started becoming, you know, stronger and stronger and imposing their will on people, people were just defecting left and right, especially uh, teachers and engineers and scientists and stuff like that. So to stop that from happening, the Soviet government walled in West Berlin. See, now I did not know that. Either I know. That's what the, I just was absolutely amazed. Wow. So it's not, it's, I always thought like, oh yeah, the, between East and West. Right. That it was just like this wall that, I don't know. You couldn't like, go from one side to the other. You just couldn't go from one side to the but other. But if you were in West Berlin, you couldn't leave the city? How'd you get out? You could go out. You just, I think you had to go by air. Wow. What, you chop her in? I don't know. I didn't look that part up. I was so amazed at the fact wow. that I didn't know. This. Like, because when you think about, you know, with the fall of the Berlin Wall and everyone's just like, oh, now we get to, you know, the you know the West Berliners, they, they live so differently than us. And I'm thinking... I always thought it was like, yeah, because the East Berliners were kept behind a wall, <laughs> but it's not true. Wow. It's crazy, yeah, right? Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. I should have paid attention in history class. Yeah. Or maybe they didn't tell me that in history class. Yeah, it's just the Berlin Wall. I always just thought it was between East and West Berlin. Yeah, it's just you surrounded know, West Berlin. Right. Completely. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know And it was that. actually two walls. An inside wall and an outside wall. And in between the two, it's not like in a prison when you Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And in between was a fun little place called the Death Zone. Yeah. No, no I, think I, I think I knew that. I saw a movie that had something to do with the Berlin Wall. Yeah. There, was a, there were two walls. Yeah. So, so I, I didn't I, know I, that, but I didn't know the, I didn't uh, know the other part. Just the fact of the podcast for me. All right, great. I was reading up and I'm like, I, I can't believe that. I'm sure a lot of our listeners know that. I'm sure they do. So. Very smart people. Preaching to the choir, but whatever. So the song itself, Jer. Song itself. It's a good song. I love it. Yeah. I like Bravado, this song, and Ghost of a Chance. They're all similar pacing to them. Well, Slower yeah. Slower rush song. Very not, slow. Yeah. Mid-tempo rush song. Not my favorite again. Right. But but I think all three of those songs are, are terrific. Yeah. And the lyrics are all great. The music's great. Alex solos are all great. They are. Neil's drumming is phenomenal. I think they're all similar in a way. Yeah. But this one's really good. Yeah. It, it it seems to me toward the middle, Neil is kind of, 
I don't know. I, th- I think for me, it sounds like he's trying to say that people just gave up completely on maybe some philosophically appealing aspects of communism. Not that they maybe are any. Because he says people storm the marketplace and buy up a fantasy. And then the counter-revolution at the counter of a store. People buy the things they want and borrow for a little more. That doesn't sound like a very positive way to start living. You have access from having no access to anything to having access to everything in a, in a, you know, a Western city. And the first thing they do is just buy junk yeah. and go into debt. Well, I think it's more about the line, all those precious wasted years. Yeah. Who will pay? Yep. Those people who were behind that wall for however many years and living with communism. Yeah. Or outside the wall. Or outside the wall, right. <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, ter- families- were, How do they get their lives back that they lost? They don't. Yeah. Pe- families were torn apart, literally. Yeah. I read that the wall started with barbed wire and some concrete. It took them two weeks to put up the initial wall over the whole city. 87 miles. Wow. wall in, in two t- weeks. That's crazy. And so if you didn't get out, now you're done. Wow. Crazy. So yeah, I mean, who, yeah, what do you do with all those wasted years? Families torn apart, haven't seen each other in 50 years. It's crazy town. Who will pay? Who will pay for that? Who pays? Nobody. 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 That's the answer. Stuff happens and nobody pays for it. I do have one uh, critique of the song. Okay. Is all around this great big world, all the crap we had to take. You don't I'm like a, the word crap? I'm not a big fan of the word crap. Not that it doesn't, it doesn't offend me. And what was he supposed to say? I Shit? I, no, I don't know what he was supposed to say, but crap just sounds like a weird word to use. It's kind of like an in-between word. It's not forceful enough. It's almost laughable. Like, look at that crap. It just, it's a weird way to sum up, hmm. you know. If you had an alternative, I might agree with you. Of course, I don't have it. <laughs> it's like well, saying, then I don't agree with you. It's like saying, I don't like this word in, uh, I don't know, some book. I don't have an alternative for it. I'm well, sorry. if you're going to criticize Neil for using the word crap, I but think But don't you, you should... think that crap is a weird word to use there? It's strange, I guess, it's maybe. Not, it's but... not strong enough to, it's just crap. I just don't think using the word shit is something that Rush wants. I didn't say it had to be that. Well, what? What? I don't know, Steve. <laughs> I'm not Neil. I just think maybe in the editing uh, process. Okay. All somebody right. Somebody should have been like, you know, crap is not the- All right. Maybe our listeners word. can uh, give us some al- alternative <laughs> words for crap. Uh, I think I'm okay with crap. I had no issue with it. I mean, until, until you mentioned it, I- it And now even, you do? Now you even, see it? No, no. I don't see it. I don't- hmm, Okay. I mean, I see your point, I guess, but-, <laughs> but Now I, you sound like everybody else I know. <laughs> I see your point, I guess. Uh, I guess. Uh, a couple of <laughs> notes I found. Yeah. Um, the drum pattern on this song, Neil heard when he was in Togo, which I, I guess is a country in Africa. I should have looked that up. Yeah, I don't know. I was laying on a rooftop one night and heard two drummers playing in the next valley, and the rhythm stuck in my head. When we started working on the song, I realized that beat would complement it well. I just thought it was a, like a military beat. Yeah. Getty Lee. Uh, it's that horrible and wonderful moment all mixed into one when someone realizes that they've been, you know, had their freedom removed for so many years and finally get it back. It must be such a bittersweet moment. All those years, all those lives that were lost and all the struggle, 
all the people that were fighting all the years and suddenly it's all over. And what do they do about all those people that did not survive who were not lucky enough to be around when the wall fell down? It's an unanswerable question, but it's certainly one to think about. It is. Yeah. It's weird how the wall came down too. How is that? Um, One day, the Soviet government released a statement saying that they were going to loosen the restrictions for passing between the -hmm. two Berlins. And everyone was just like, well, does that mean we can take down the wall? And they all stormed the wall. Like, like, wow. Thousands of people stormed the wall. They opened up the gates and they started knocking things down. And I guess everyone was just like, the Soviets were probably like, uh, we didn't mean today. We didn't mean right now. Wow. And they just took, so it, upon just themselves. took it upon themselves to knock the wall down. Yeah. And wow. they, they were going, you know, the Soviets had a choice about whether or not they were going to start firing on people or stopping them. And they wow. decided not to. And that's how it opened Thankfully. up. Thankfully. Because who knows how long it really would have taken for it to come down if it went through the proper channels. Oh, and that's probably what the people thought. Well, yeah. Let's just do it. Let's just do it now. What they yeah. can't stop all of us. Right. So. And luckily they didn't try. Yeah. So it came down in a day. Wow. So I've got one more thing on this song, Jer. Sure. Um, Alex, occasionally we do things that are slightly out just to give a particular character to the music. On Heresy, I'm playing my acoustics in the chorus, especially in the second chorus, to get a 12-string birds kind of sound. Hmm. We wanted to create the effect of a bunch of guys sitting around playing who aren't quite in tune. You can hear it in the acoustic, particularly the Gibson 55, which has a Nashville tuning. Of course, you're going to get that kind of fluctuation anyway when you're playing high up in the neck because the strings are so light. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, I didn't pick that up. I'm going to have to listen to it again. Yeah. Makes you want to check it out one more time and see if you can hear that. Yeah, definitely. Again, Alex's solo on this is just great. I think Alex really shines on on these slower songs and the emotional... Songs. Oh, yeah, the emotional ones, definitely. Because he's, I think he's channeling that emotion when he's playing the solo. Yeah. And that's why he does it in one take, because it's just what he's feeling in the moment. Yeah, definitely. Which makes it just so great. Yeah, I agree. All right, great. We agree. We agree on that. For the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Track eight on Roll the Bones is Ghost of a Chance. I don't believe in destiny. For the guiding hand of fate I don't believe in forever But love has a mystical state I don't believe in the stars or the planets Or angels watching from above But I believe there's a ghost of a chance We can find someone to love But make it last Dare I say, Jared, that this is a, a love song? Oh, I wasn't going to say that, but yeah, go ahead. Go, <laughs> this yeah, is, this sure. is a love song. Okay. <laughs> he does say the word love. He does. Well, it's it's about making compromises in a relationship, maybe? Oh, I thought it had more to do with the overall theme of chance, whereas, you know, like, like a begins like a million little doorways, all the choices we made, all the stages we passed through, all the roles that we played. For so many different directions, our separate paths might have turned with every door that we opened and every bridge that we burned. There's like all of these different things in your life that, you know, you're stopped from going one way, so you go another way. It seems like it's random, but again, like it feels like you end up in a place you're supposed to be. Does that make sense? Right. 
That's what I think. Somehow we find each other. Yeah. Again, he's not talking about fate. I right. Think he's just talking about even though all of these weird things happen to you and you stop this, maybe this relationship ends, you're going to find something. You're going to find love. Okay. Does that make any, does that make any sense? Okay. Yeah. No, I think so. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's maybe about trying to make a chance encounter last. You know what he's saying in the. I don't believe in. Destiny. Right, right. I, I don't believe in the stars or the planets or angels watching from above. There's another atheist line for you, Jerry. Yeah, I know. But I believe there's a ghost of a chance we can find someone to love and make it last. So yeah. basically, I think it's about meeting someone by chance, but then working at that to make it last and turn it into lasting love, I guess. Yeah, because right? if you, if yeah, I don't believe in in the stars or the planets, which a lot of people think guide their daily life and right astrology, know, astrology and stuff like that, or angels watching from above, religion mm-hmm. that you have. There's some kind of book of life, and you're going to you're just playing out some script. And I, you're right. I think what he's saying is that that's not true, mm-hmm. and that you can make you know the chance encounter last. I do, and I think you're right. Okay, but you know yeah. what? I also like musically about the song. There's one part, there's the, I, I don't know, I guess it's second verse. I'm not sure what to call it. For so many different directions, our separate paths might have turned with every door that we opened, every bridge that we burned. Later on, for so many different connections, our separate paths might have made with every door that we opened, every game that we played. They do something, I don't know if they go up an octave. Did you notice that that musical change? Between yeah, it's not things? an octave. It's just kind of a step. Like, you know, they might, I don't know what key this song is in, but if it was in E, it might go to F or right. G. I just thought it was great how it just changed. It really changed yeah. the tenor of the song, and then they oh, kinda, yeah. and then they kind of go back to what it was. I think it was just an in- right. interesting thing to do. Right, it makes it sound a little brighter at that point. Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. And the solo, this, oh. is, this is the best solo on the album. I think. Yeah, and again, just the emotion in the solo. Yeah, and one take. I mean, come on. Yeah, Alex is, he's amazing. Yeah, he just is. That must have been a good day. Walk in, <laughs> record yeah, your really? record your solo, and be like, I'll be, I'll be. <laughs> See you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, what a day at the and office. Neil and Getty are probably looking at him like, "How the heck does he do that?" You know, yeah, just go in there, and you know, Neil's working on his parts for days. <laughs> Alex comes in, does a one take solo. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> but true. again, Neil's drums on this are a great. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's why I like I like the second half better than I like the first half. Yeah, so far. I mean, these these three so, <laughs> so far. Well, here's the thing: I really like the first three songs on side two. Oh, okay. The last two songs... Neurotica is not your... Yeah, not my cup of tea. Not my cup of tea. But uh, shall we get into that? Yeah, go ahead. All right, Neurotica. So as I said, this song this song just doesn't do it for me. I really do appreciate all the rhymes Neil came up with for Neurotica. Especially Erotica. Especially Erotica. <laughs> but um, 
other than that, I, I don't know. This song just doesn't just doesn't stick with me. Your okay. thoughts? Well, I think it's a song about um, someone with, uh, I don't know, maybe like a personality disorder. Okay. Who is just making their own life kind of unlivable. Okay. Because of their neuroses. You know, like neurotica is an, is an actual word. Some of these yes. are not actual words. It was, Chaotica is not an actual word? I don't think so. <laughs> so neurotica, I had to look it up. No wonder he was so good at coming up with these rhymes. He just made them up. <laughs> All words are made up, Steve. Um, <laughs> neurotica was uh, an idea from Freud, okay. Freud's favorite guy, to explain the roots of neuroses. That's what he said. So okay. uh, um, it was excessive. So neurotica is an excessive anxiety or indecision with a degree of social or interpersonal maladjustment. Okay. Which to me sounds like everybody I know. <laughs> <laughs> right, including me, especially me. But you know, it's like so. I started thinking if if neurotica, the A at the end, is the basis of neuroticism. When you go through the list uh, right there in the chorus, right? If ero- I guess erotica is something that sparks erotic thoughts. Okay. Right. Then hypnotica would be something that is hypnotizing. Okay. And psychotica is the basis of psychoses and chaotica, the basis of chaos. And Most of these are not actual words, though. Not that I could tell. But yeah. he's, he's using the construction to make it fit in with, you know, I think, that's why I think like this person or whoever this is, you know, they're making their own chaos. They're creating their own chaos. They're creating their own psychosis. They're creating their own neuroses. And it's affecting right. the rest of their lives. That's why I kind of I, I like this song because okay. it kind of seems like if there's a character in here, which I'm not sure there is, but I'm reading it as if there's a character in there. Right. The character is almost you know self-destructive. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just read it as someone who's overwhelmed with life. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Totally. Yeah. That's that's the way I interpret it. Life is a diamond. You turn it to dust. <laughs> yeah. And and like you said, creating your own neuroses yeah some people just can't get out of their get out of their own way and that's, that's what true i think what this person is you know hide in the shell let the world go to hell it's like russian roulette to you sweat running cold you can't face getting old it's a personal threat to you that's, yeah that's good yeah that's that happens good. to a lot of people oh yeah Me. maybe even us yeah Me. <laughs> <laughs> the world is a cage for your impotent rage yeah but don't let it get to you yeah that's good advice, you know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the world is a cage for impotent rage, but hey, you know what? Don't let it. Don't, yeah, let it let it roll off it, your back. Let's yeah, let it slide. <laughs> but it's true, you know. I mean, you get weighed down by the everyday life. Yeah. Just don't let it get to you again. That's the that's the take a chance part of the of the theme of the album. Mm-hmm. These things are weighing on you, but you got to break out and you know do something about it. Right. And the song itself, I mean, for whatever reason, just doesn't doesn't resonate with me. And maybe it's because I didn't listen to it much when the album came out. Maybe it's... Is it just because, the again, the tempo of it? I don't know. I don't know what it is. It just doesn't... It's one of those songs that just is kind of a throwaway to me. Hmm. Yeah. I that's, mean, that's something you never hear applied to Rush songs. Yeah, I I know. I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah. No, I, I, I can see because I feel the same way about some of the other songs. Yeah. I mean, I'd put this near the bottom, you know, if I was making my list. Right. I don't know exactly where. Uh, I'd, have uh, to, yeah. I'd have to come up with it. This and the next song on this album, Jerry. Really? Yeah. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. You bet your life. Just another victim of the things he has done. 
Jer, your thoughts on You Bet Your Life? It's a very weak ending to an album. Very rare for Rush, yeah. I think, to have a weak ending song. And I, and I agree with you. And um curious to see what our, our listeners think, if they agree with us as well. Yeah. I don't recall ever seeing someone say, oh, I really love You Bet Your Life. <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, I, I've, it's possible that people like this song. I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, again, it's a song on the theme. Yep. Of chance and fate or whatever, but it doesn't go too far into it and doesn't say anything that any of the other songs don't say mm-hmm. or do say. And I don't love the the odds get even the way they yeah. do that. The vocals don't work for me for no. some reason. I think we're going to agree on this song. Okay. But I do, I have to tell you, the, the cadence of the anarchist reactionary running dog revisionist by the way i have no idea what any of this stuff is i kind of like that part i do like that part yeah and it's kind of I, I like the way he says it and he says these words in a more rap like fashion than the rap on roll the bones yeah yeah because there's a certain cadence to them That's the only part of the song that I like. Yeah, it's that my, part. I like that part too, but I have no idea what it means. Y- yeah, I really. I mean, the connection between them, between the words, and what they're trying to say—gold, adult, contemporary, urban, country, capitalist. I don't know if they're supposed to be separate ideas or if he's trying to come up with one long string of adjectives. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> De- deconstructive deconstruction primitive performance photorealist yeah Are those all types of art i guess but again what <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> armchair rocket scientist graffiti existentialist they all Are, sound cool together they don't that yeah they sound great together but i mean isn't an arm like an armchair quarterback is someone who doesn't know anything about being a quarterback right right so what's an armchair rocket scientist Someone who doesn't know anything about being a rocket scientist. But there are people who sit around like criticizing NASA. (laughs) But is this an armchair rocket scientist and a graffiti existentialist? Are they two separate things? That's what I'm talking about. Or not? Or are they they part of the same idea? Yeah. We don't know. Don't know. And if I can't explain either one, I can't tell you why it would be one or the other. I have a slice idea. Hmm. Hindu, Muslim, Catholic, creation, evolutionist. Rational, romantic, mystic, cynical, idealist. Hmm. Just some sometimes they're opposites. I don't know what's going on. It's it's so. a cool it's a cool part of the song though. It sounds great. Yeah, sounds great. And yeah. again, it, it's it's actually a, I think a, a better rap than the rap. Okay, it's not even a That's rap, fair. but it's still a better rap. But to that. me, the 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 chorus just doesn't doesn't do it for me no. at all. I don't even know what the odds get even means. I, I don't even know what they're doing. I mean. 
Who is who's uh, singing that part? Is that Getty? I would imagine so. I guess I don't know. It sounds like more than one more than one vocal overdubbed over the other. Yeah, and it's kind of kind of like the voices on uh, Presto. Yeah, a little bit, but but it, I think it worked better on Presto than it does here. Maybe it's just a, a just super duper layered. Yeah, I don't love it. No. This would be, if I was going to do a bottom 10, this song would definitely be in the bottom 10. I, I have to agree me. with you, yeah. Yeah, I'm just curious what our what our listeners think, if they agree. Yeah. Everybody's got to have a bottom 10. Everybody has to have a bottom 10. It's true, in everything. In it, well, <laughs> really, it's true. It is true. I got a couple of quotes here. Um, Getty said this was a difficult song to record. The balance between the vocals and vocal melody in the chorus, he said... He never felt confident we actually nailed it. Oh, there you go. So there you go. So maybe Getty was hearing the same thing we were, just didn't didn't sit well with him. Yeah. I mean, they never played this song live. You know, I'm sure there are different reasons why Rush didn't play songs live. Some of them maybe just it was too difficult to play live, maybe, or they just didn't love the song. Well, yeah, they can only fit a certain number of songs. Right, right, so. right. And uh, Alex said, the delay is synced to the tempo. We wanted to get the first verse seesawing a bit more. The edge from U2 is a pro at that, he said. Oh, nice. So he was uh, channeling the edge there yeah. at the beginning of the song. Sure. Yeah. Now, so do, you, do you have ticket stubs? I do have ticket stubs. That's the next thing we were going to talk about, Jared. That's I was exact- looking forward to it because I do not remember how many times we saw them that's exactly where i was going next okay so not only do i have the ticket stubs Uh but i checked the handy dandy wandering the face of the earth yes to see what happened at the shows that we were at okay so the first one is december 6th 1991 madison square garden was the first of two sold out standing room only shows according to wandering the face of the earth rush received msg's golden ticket award wow at one of the shows for selling 100,000 tickets over a 10-year period at Madison Square Garden. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So that was the first show. We saw them three times on this tour. Did we really? Yep. Second time was March 15th, 1992. Now, this one floors me because I thought we only saw them once at Nassau Coliseum. We saw them at Nassau Coliseum? We saw them at Nassau Coliseum again this tour. I didn't know that. So we saw them on the Presto tour, (laughs) and we saw them on this tour. I don't remember going there twice. No. I remember it being a brutal drive. Yeah, we just blocked it out. I guess the second one we just blocked out. Yeah. I mean, we had to have gone. We have the ticket stub, right? So uh, Chuck D, a public enemy. Wait a minute. No, no. Chuck D, a public enemy, was at the show. Where? What? Isn't that crazy? He was visiting Primus. Apparently, he's buddies with Les Claypool. (laughs) Okay. And he watched Rush's sound check. And at that show, Primus played La Villa Strangiato. I don't remember that. I don't remember that either. Do you think we were there for that? Absolutely. You think we were there for Primus? Yeah, we always went to the opening acts. Always. But why don't we remember that? I would have remembered that. Do don't you think? You think? Because it was in, where is Nassau Coliseum? Long Island? Long Island. We might have been late. It it's might have po- been late. It's possible. God, I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, I, I'm think, have to... I think we must have been late. We must have been. I mean, it was how many years ago? A long just, time ago? Yeah, I don't remember anything. 1991, what was I driving then? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the Cordoba? There you go. Uh, the third show was June 20th, 1992. Jeez. The first time we saw Rush at Jones <gasps> Beach. 
Really? And we've mentioned this before. I mean, the two shows that I remember the most yeah. that Rush was the best, best were the Jones Beach shows. Yep. This one and- Time Machine. Time Machine tour. We saw them at Jones Beach. And both times, the sound, I love Jones Beach. Did they play um, Analog Kid at this show? Well, it just so happens I have the set list right in front of me, Jar. All right, let's hear it. And here it is. Force 10, Limelight, Free Will, Distant Early Warning, Time Stand Still. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> Dreamline, Bravado, Roll the Bones. You love Roll the Bones, uh -huh. especially live. I, then I did. Show Don't Tell, The Big Money, Ghost of a Chance. Hmm. Vital signs, which I re I definitely remember yeah, them doing. Definitely, because that was great. Yeah, the analog kid. Yeah, there you go. I love that. The I trees. That. Uh, where's my thing? Then Neil did his drum solo. Closer to the heart. Xanadu. Superconductor. And Tom Sawyer. Wow. And then for the encore, the spirit of radio, and then a little uh, medley. Twenty one twelve part one. Finding my way. La Villa Strangiato, Anthem, and Red Barchetta. Wow. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> How crazy is that? That is nuts. Followed by the Spirit of Radio Reprise and Cygnus X1 Teaser. Huh. Yeah. What, what do you think that means? Just a don don ba don Probably. <laughs> probably. Get us all excited to hear Cygnus X1 and then they don't do it. <sighs> Man, I'm going to have to look up their... If there's any video of Primus doing a Villastrangiato. Yeah, well, they must have done it elsewhere, too, not just then. But that 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 may be the greatest Rush show I've ever seen, that show. I mean, I, I kind of... I, I mean, we've seen them, what, about 30 times? Maybe 25. Somewhere between 25 and 30. Which would... Well, which show would you say is, is your favorite? I think it was um, the Time Machine tour. At Jones Beach? Yeah. Okay. Alex's solo on Limelight that night was just perfection. It's a great solo anyway, and he said it's his favorite solo to play. But for some reason, the, the open air, the open sea air, there was some, oh, it was just magic. It was great. Well, those two shows were definitely 1 and 1A one for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Both of them are great. Yeah. So th those are the two best Rush shows I've seen, and... um Curious if our listeners saw either of those Jones Beach shows. Let us know if you were there. I get some t some tweets from time to time. Yeah, uh, when I post the the pictures of the the ticket stubs, some of our listeners will post a ticket stub from the same show and say, "Hey, I was there too." You know, we're gonna have to count up all the tickets when we're done with the albums and see how many shows we went to. We could do that because you went to two shows without me. Two? Yeah. What was the second one? The second one is you went with our friend Glenn somewhere. Oh, right. I did go to two shows without you. Yes, yes. Up that one dirt road. Yeah, you didn't go to that one either. Yep, I forgot about that. That was later, though. Yeah, that was later on. I'd, I'd, have, to look, I'd have to look. That was definitely later. All right, anyway, so, um, Jared, final thoughts on Roll the Bones before we uh, wrap this up? No, I, I think I've said everything. You've said everything? Yeah. You think you've upset Rush fans across the world? I hope not. Well, look, I, I had some not-so-nice things to say about a couple of songs, too. So it's not my favorite Rush record, but... There are parts of it that are really good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah, So it's it's in my mind, it's no Presto, but a lot of people would say Presto is no Roll the Bones. 
I've, you know, people have been posting things uh, on Instagram, like favorite albums and stuff like that. And it's all over the map. It's yeah. all over the map. Everybody's got a different opinion. Right. Some people said Roll the Bones was their favorite album. Other people, would, you know, Crest yeah. of Steel is their favorite album. It's and all th- over the place. And I think if this was your first introduction to Rush, if you were say, like, like I've said before, yeah. if you were 18 years old when Roll the Bones came out, this is your album. Yeah. You know? So I can understand that. Totally get it. Yeah, absolutely. It's just not mine. That's all. Yeah. And it's weird because I was, what, not much older than that when this when this came out. Right. Yeah. But for some reason, it just doesn't resonate with me the way that Hold Your Fire and Presto do. Well, I, I think you're right about uh, working at the radio station. Yeah. There's I was just, just exposed to so much. Yeah. You know, and you think about the albums that came out in 1991, Pearl Jam's first record, Nirvana. Jane's Addiction did that come out in Jane's 90? Addiction, uh, Matthew Sweet Girlfriend came out in 91. Yeah. So many great albums. Not that this isn't a great album, but- We saw a lot of concerts that year. We I saw think. a lot of concerts, yeah. <laughs> so many, so many. For the next podcast, we'll yeah. discuss that. Sure. Why don't we wrap this up, Jer? Oh, yeah. You yes, can find us on Twitter at Rush Fancast, Instagram the Rushcast, email Jerry, send me your hate mail about Roll the Bones, the Rushcast at gmail.com. And uh, rate us on your favorite podcast app. We really appreciate it. Join us next week for something else. I don't know what it'll be. <laughs> we haven't decided what it is yet. So, uh, Jared, you got a quote for me? I do, at the ready. Nice. I yeah. love it. I place no trust in the faith that was ready made. Take no chances on paradise delayed. Love it. Talk to you guys soon. All right, bye.